A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter, beginning with the 26th verse. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much more perplexed by his words and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy, He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A fellow named Brian Chappell tells a story about something his father taught him. Something that his father taught all of his sons to do was to use a cross-cut saw. Any of y'all used a cross-cut saw before? The big long one? Passed back and forth on a log? That's the reason they invented chainsaws. Cross-cut saw is a torture instrument. It's not a tool. But this man was teaching all of his children to use one. Apparently, he wanted them to know the value of good work and hard work. And he says he and his dad were sawing on an old log, and they didn't know that the interior of the log was rotten. And when they got halfway through, the log fell apart. And there was this one piece laying there that looked like the head of a horse. And he said, I was fascinated by it, so I picked it up and I carried it home at the end of the day. For my father's next birthday, he said, I attached a length of two-by-four board to that log head. I attached a rope to the front of it, a tail at the back, put some sticks to act as legs. Then I halfway hammered in a dozen or so nails along the two-by-four put a bow on it, and presented it to my father. When he took off the wrapping, he smiled and said, Thank you, it's wonderful. What is it? You ever heard that before? Sometimes when we would give my mama stuff, she would say, Well, that's different, isn't it? It's a tie rack, Dad, I said. See, you can put ties on those nails. 
My father smiled again and thanked me. Then he leaned the horse against his closet because the legs wouldn't keep it standing upright. And for years, he used it as a tie rack. Now, when I gave my father that rotten log horse tie rack, I really thought it was good. In my childish mind, he says, I thought it was ready for the museum. But as I matured, I realized that my work was not nearly as good as I had once thought. In fact, I understood ultimately that my father had received and used my gift, not because of its goodness, but out of his goodness. In a similar way, he writes, our Heavenly Father receives our gifts, not so much because they deserve His love, but because He is love. You might be wondering what in the world does that story have to do with an angel standing before Mary and say, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And here it is. If God had not chosen Mary to bear Jesus into the world, none of us would know who she is. None of us. She was insignificant before God chose her, and she would have remained insignificant if God had not chosen her. Before Mary could do anything, she received the blessing of God. Just like this little boy received his father's blessing when he leaned that gift against the closet and used it. He said to him, you are favored. You matter to me. And I'm going to use this horrible tie rack because you made it. What God was saying to Mary that day on the lips of Gabriel are you matter to me because I'm going to use your gift. I'm going to use you. And Gabriel invited Mary to give herself to God. To be used by God. To do something that to her seemed absolutely impossible. And made no sense at all. I assure you that when the angel stood before her and said, you're going to conceive a child in your womb and bear a son, and he will be great and be called Son of Most High, that he will sit on the throne of his ancestor David, Mary knew that Gabriel was saying to her, you are going to bring the Messiah of the world into the world. And her words say to me that she thought he might be crazy. How will this be? How will this be is not a question of how's you going to make it happen. How will this be is it's impossible because I don't even have a husband yet. She's betrothed. She's engaged. Much differently than we are. So they were practically married. Joseph hadn't just come down the street and got her yet. She says, I'm a virgin. There's nothing in my womb. And Gabriel's words to her are important for us, church. Because we too have been called to do something that looks impossible. We have been called to bear the Christ into the world as well. Through our actions, through our words, through our hearts, through our love. And sometimes, doesn't that just seem impossible? Jesus' last words to us, the church, were, go and make disciples. I sometimes wonder, Lord, couldn't you pick somebody a little more perfect than us? 
then I realized that Mary wasn't perfect. She was just a, a tiny girl, a 12 or 13 year old with no husband yet. But God chose her. And just like God chose her, God has chosen us. Every last one of us here today are favored because God called us here. This morning, God called you to that place you were sitting. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you got up and decided to come. God brought you here. The Spirit of God brought you here to be reminded that you're called to bear Christ into the world. And just as it sounded impossible to Mary, it sounds impossible to us. But the good news is, it's not dependent upon us to do. Listen to what the angel Gabriel told Mary when she said, Are you kidding me? This is what the angel said. (coughs) The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's how it will happen, Mary. Not because of you, but because of God. And the good news for us, dear ones, is that we have been favored as well. And I've been asked to stand before you today and say you have been called to bear Christ into the world. And if your thought is, how can that be, then I'm also called to say to you, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, church. That Spirit will overshadow you and cause you to be loving beyond your own understanding. Will cause you to be generous to others beyond your own understanding. Will cause you to love others more than you could love them on your own. To deal with people's imperfections and hurts. To love the unlovable. To defend the indefensible. And to be hope to the hopeless. And it is a gargantuan task. But the good news is that God will overshadow us and do it through us. Just as He overshadowed Mary and brought the Savior into the world through Mary. It's interesting to me that Mary couldn't let say, let it be until she realized that the agency involved in bringing God into the world was God's agency and not hers. That it was God's work and not hers. That God was working through her. Church, today we heard of things that we've done just in the last few months that a year ago would have looked impossible to our church council. And we've heard of a need of a young woman in our community that might look impossible to us to solve. But we've been called to be Christ to her. And God's promise to us today is that God will overshadow us and do it through us. It's not dependent upon our perfection. So when we offer ourselves to God's today for God's work in the world, we don't have to be perfect to offer ourselves Just like that horse Tyrak wasn't perfect. God knows that He will have to lean us up and strengthen us for us to be used. But God waits for us to give ourselves to Him so that He can use us to bear Christ to our neighbors. 
willing to be used that way? Church, will you give yourself to Christ today? To be used by Him. So that others might know that there is freedom in Him. That there is hope in Him. That there is life in Him. My prayer is that your response to that word is amen. Amen.